0: From all of us at Ride On Sports, we're thinking of the Cal Allen Wildcat community after suffering a tragic loss of one of their players. Our prayers are with the Cooley family as we mourn this loss together. This is the Ride On Sports
1: Podcast with Jason Casera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride-On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. And we're back here on the Ride-On Sports Podcast. Jason, you're off the injured list this week. I feel so much better. You're off the injured list. We had to put Jason on the IL last week. Uh, I thought I might have to go on the IL, but no, it was Jason. It was good rest, though. It was. Yeah. Did you go? You went to the alternate training site and they took care of you there?
0: Yeah, essentially, and uh, I had my temperature checked on a daily basis, and uh, everything came out groovy.
1: Okay, Jason did not have COVID before, <laughs> <laughs> not at all.
0: I have not had COVID. I don't think I've ever had COVID. We're in the clear.
1: I think I did have COVID at some point. I think a
0: lot of people probably did have it. Um, but every time I wake up and my nose is runny, oh. I, I'm, I start panicking. I'm like, "Oh man!" And then you just go and eat like bacon, and you're. you're is fine. that what uh, you, you make bacon every morning? Taste? Almost bacon or sausage,
1: and you never invite me over for breakfast. I'm a lumberjack, that's why. And maple syrup. <laughs> I funny. I'm gonna start going over to
0: your place for breakfast. The door's always open. The, it's yeah, a, that's like an hour I'm, drive for you, but you're more. That's than not an hour.
1: You drove to my place. Sometimes I have waffles and eggs, and you drove to my place a couple of weeks ago. Was it an hour drive for you? And if you if you show well, you up, you stop to get something. But if you
0: show up during online kindergarten class time, you have to sing along. That's, I had to sing. One, a, that's how you get in the door. That's how. What to are we? What are we singing along uh, to? Chicka chicka boom boom. Chicka chicka boom boom. Yeah, you have to be prepared to sing that. Every kindergartner knows that song, and it's uh, it's probably really annoying
1: to be honest. I would imagine it is. Um, but, but school started, right? But school has started, which means high school football. That's a plus. It's almost fall supposedly. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, someone tell that to the weather. It's, yeah, that'd uh, be nice. I saw in, in the twenty foot walk from my car to the building. I think I like got drenched in sweat. I'm telling you, man. Um,
0: but so this Friday we have games kicking off, right?
1: Yeah, we have so sub four A footballs kicking off here in the Coastal Bend. Uh, some games to highlight spef- specifically in the four A division. We got uh, Cal Allen opening up at Danaher Field against San Antonio Cornerstone Christian. Which
0: is going to be a really interesting game. I don't know if anyone really knows what to expect.
1: Yeah, especially I, people who just
0: don't pay attention to tap schools.
1: Yeah, it's a, I, I mean, mean, so Cornerstone Christian, they are a good, they are a good school, but who knows, like, what level of talent is there. And then also, just with, um like, the preparation for it, like, you didn't mm-hmm. exactly have a normal offseason. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what the quality of football is like, especially in the early weeks. I think once we hit midseason, um, you know, I hope nobody gets hurt with these. I think you're seeing that in the NFL a little bit, where there's some soft yeah. tissue injuries. Uh, hopefully, we can avoid those, especially here in the Coastal Bend. Um, but I think once we hit midseason, if we don't have if we don't have just a bunch of injuries, I think you know we'll see some good some good football out here. Uh, so yeah, we have Cal Allen and Cornerstone Christian we got the Miller Bucks at Buck Stadium taking on a uh, Midway which that that would be interesting too. Yeah, and then we got uh, Rockport at home taking on a Rancho's Pass. So, we're getting we're getting uh, we're getting high school football here in the Coastal Bend. Three big games here in the Corpus Christi region. Uh, I think we'll, Rockport's in the region,
0: correct? Yeah, it's in the region. You can get out there pretty quick and slick. Um AP is right there. They I guess they're rivals. AP and Rockport, they got yeah. right. oh, to be right. Oh, you would have connected. Yeah. They probably egg each
1: other's houses. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever egg this, houses
0: in high school? Definitely. Did Did you guys do that in high school? That's the question.
1: Uh, yes. Okay. That so the tradition happen, lives on. That did happen a couple of times. What
0: about toilet papering someone's house too? Like that takes trees? too long. We never did. <laughs> we never did that. And you risk getting caught. It's way easier it ta- to get caught. Like
1: eggs, you can be like in the back of someone's truck. and yeah, then, I just by and yeah. yell at them.
0: You suck. And then you hit their parents like sixty five thousand dollar truck, and then they're <laughs> looking for you. That's the worst, man. I've seen that. But uh, no, sometimes every now and then some kid's house in the neighborhood will still get rolled, and it's surprising. I always think that's all right. They're still bringing it them back. Is it? A, oh, and oh, because you live out you live out where football actually
1: matters in <laughs> Alabama. Yeah, um, and it,
0: and I think it usually comes from like maybe the Toloso kids um so
1: you see that in your neighborhood like a house every getting now teepeed. and i
0: just think i'm so glad i don't have any trees that, in my front yard
1: that is actually uh so okay <laughs> not that i'm promoting houses getting tp i'm not but it is kind of cool that people still do it well like it's,
0: it's, it's innocent <laughs> it's really innocent nobody's hurting yeah it's anything. not malicious
1: it's a pain in the ass to clean up but
0: you know that's just part of the the fun and the damage
1: and see that's why i thought like with egging houses as well, like yeah. you, like you're not doing it to go damage property. Yeah. Like Like it's like I've heard of like people taking baseball bats to cars and stuff uh, like that's that. Crazy. No, that's horrible. Yeah. But like if you're egging, like so long as you don't break anything, if you egg a house and you just got like some egg wash, you got like the egg wash and stuff on your house when you wake up in the morning, that's harmless. You wash it off. Yeah. yeah life goes on. Yeah, um, it's harmless. And, but
0: Rockport and AP, it's probably dead fish. I would bet. Dead fish. <laughs> it is probably fish that they throw around. <laughs> It's gotta
1: be. So, oh, I got. But all those games are I gonna be really I have a story really I will tell oh. you off the air. Well, about, I look forward to Dead it. fish. <laughs> I fish eating tacos. I don't, think, I don't think. I don't think I'm gonna say it on the air. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we do have high school football. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm super excited about that. Uh, 15-4 AD1 district. I believe it's D1, if not it's D2. The district with Cal Allen, Miller, and Port Lavaca. Um, so here I'm gonna make sure it's 14-4. It is 4-8. So is it 15 or 16-4 D one hold on I'm using 361 HS blast right now to get this information which is a great website great website happily schedules are
0: on there 15481
1: 15, that's so yeah district 15481 I'm very excited about uh, very excited to see uh, how that district uh, plays out. But, yeah, great uh, great place to see, like, really every – so, like, every game in the Coastal Bend you can find on there, basically, from in 4A and 5A.
0: Yeah, those guys are putting in work for sure. Yeah, so I like
1: it. It makes it – you know, one I don't have to go and look up uh, everything. Um,
0: well, and they even they, – they have some interviews with some coaches. Yeah. So, that's cool, and hopefully we'll get that here one day, too. Yeah, so, what,
1: so which of these games are you most intrigued by for the, over Honestly, the weekend?
0: Honestly, that, that, that Cal Allen game, I think is, like I said, I think it's uh, going to be hard to predict because, um, I mean, for one, of course, like we noted, I mean, they just suffered a loss. So is that team yeah. going to be prepared mentally to get on the field and play this school that is going to be very excited to come yeah, down? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't
1: imagine what those players are going through and right and now. Yeah,
0: and hopefully it brings some unity. And I'll tell you what, like last season, the team that beat Wait, was it last year there before that Fort Bend, uh, the school from Fort Bend? Uh, Cal two for years ago, yeah. They, I think they had a kid who was was killed in like mm-hmm. uh, some some situation like that in the Houston area, and they played for that kid, and uh, and they beat Cal Allen, but they played for him, you know. And so yeah. I think that's and I think that's cool. That's a great way to honor a teammate and a classmate, and uh, you know if they get up for it and they're, they're that togetherness. It can make them a stronger team, stronger to contend with. And uh, that's tough for this school too coming down from San Antonio and you just don't know what you're going to get.
1: Yeah, I think I think every high school football coach in the state probably doesn't really know what they're going to get just because yeah. it's been such a weird off season. So yeah. I'm a, so I've been very high on Miller, so I am very yes. I am wanting to see what happens with Miller and Toloso Are midway. Are you going to slaughter TM or is he going to put up a fight? Well, I th- well, TM was improved last year, so I yeah. don't think, you know, this is not you know the TM of like five years ago this it, is this is a better this is a better team again I think TM got just put in the worst situation right. going into this district that districts rough yeah but I think I'm I, I'm intrigued this game intrigues me because mm-hmm. um, I want to see you know it's the the reason why it intrigues me because Miller is you know their high scoring offense that's what they hang their hat on if they're gonna if they're gonna do as well as I think they can do this year it's gonna be because they're scoring a lot of points. But offense is choreography, yeah. and you haven't had the normal amount of practice time. You haven't had the normal off season. You haven't had a lot of things that you normally have. Um, and even I think Justin Evans is a really good coach. He is a very young coach, um, so I wonder how he handles this. And I wonder, does the offense sputter a little bit early on in the season because maybe they're not in rhythm to start the year? And I think that is very possible. Well, and, all, and you're also, remember, with all this, you're dealing with high school kids. It's not the NFL or even college yeah, football. Yeah. Like, you're dealing with high schoolers. So who knows, like, what these players have been going through these last four or five months.
0: Well, and we still have this strange situation, too, where the bigger schools aren't starting until next month.
1: Yeah, and and Miller is typically a 5A. Uh, they have been a 5A school for a lot of, you know, recent years. Like, they're separated from the rest of CCISD now. So it's a, it's a bit of a weird spot for Miller because – Basically, aside from Miller, it's all the teams around, you know, Corpus Christi, not right. in Corpus Christi that are playing. It's Cal Allen, and it's um, Refugio, and it's Toloso Midway, and it's, you know, Port Lavaca, although they're a little further out. But it's all the schools kind of around Corpus Christi, it's not, you know, King and Carroll and uh, Vets and Flower Bluff. and
0: Let's just say it. They're playing better talent now. In that yes. district they're in, they're gonna this,
1: play a tougher teams. This they I mean yeah I mean playing Cal, playing Cal Island and Port Lavaca and even Beeville. Um Rockport. So Rockport's in a different district, but they are playing Rockport but, week two. Yeah.
0: And that but I mean, but like they're getting uh yeah, some good good they have a great schedule.
1: They do have a they do they have a, they have a great schedule. Now it's great it's if 12. they go and they win these games. Yeah. then if they go and lose them, it's like, oh man, we you know you, you it's like if you schedule Alabama week one, if you beat Alabama Great win. But if you lose to them, it's like, oh, man, why'd well, you schedule Alabama?
0: And something I'm just noticing on their schedule, too, right now is they play TM twice this year. They have them lined up for the August 28th, this Friday opener, and then they have them lined up on Friday, October 30th. But I'm also wondering if that's, uh, you know, maybe a, I don't want to say a makeup game, but um, I think it's an extra district game there. I think,
1: so I, this is not, so that first game is a non district game, so it will not count against their district yeah, so record. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, I think for Miller and for TM, I think it was probably just, hey, we want to get a game in to right. start the year. Yeah. And you're not—they I. They wouldn't be—if they played in the first district game, which would be October 9th, um, if those two teams were playing in the first district game of the year, they wouldn't be playing. But because they're playing the second-to-last district game of the year, the team you see week one is going to be very, very different, different than the team yeah. you see the ninth game of the season.
0: You might actually have Telosa Midway competing for a playoff spot.
1: I think a lot. I think that last playoff spot in that district is going to be very, very competitive. Yeah. I mean, heck, if Beville's as good as our friend Len says, then you might see Cal and Miller, or Port Lavaca competing for that last playoff spot. Very true. And so that's um. I'm just very interested to see how this district plays out. I really, I really, really am, and I can't wait for you know CCISD, the rest of the district to start with a uh, 15-5A. Um, Obviously, Refugio is going to be really, really good. I read, I was reading something yesterday on Dave Campbell's Texas High School Football website about the top prospects and two A division, and Refugio had like four guys and oh, like wow. the, those top twenty prospects. Which, when you, when you have a fifth of the top prospects in a division, yeah, you're going to win. You're going to win state championships, and that's where, that's the expectation for Refugio every year. Yeah, uh, hopefully, Refugio is joined by another Coastal Bend team in Jerry World this year. Uh, Hopefully a team in that district because I've been uh, that's what I've been saying uh, I've been saying I want and I think it'd be I think it'd be really cool if we had a just with everything going on if you know if we had a team in this region like if we had a team in Corpus Christi or even if it was Kyle Allen uh, make it all the way make it to Jerry World uh, what a story that would be um, and I think it's possible I really really do this is not me being a homer I'm actually not. From Corpus Christi, I did not attend any of these schools. I actually played against Miller a couple times in basketball. Um, this is not me being a homer. I really, really believe that this uh, that, that district can produce a state title contender. Um, But, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that, Miller, that Miller-TM that Miller game. I, I want to see how Miller looks. And then Rockport-Aranza's pass. Rockport was really, really good last year. And Rockport and Miller play each other in week two, maybe. And that's going to be a really, really big game. Maybe those two teams are. I would say you might be overlooking week one, but I don't think you can ever overlook week one in a season. Yeah. I don't think, you get, like, you, for as big as the next game might be, we there's something special about week one. Like, just in any sport, game one. We well, have a lot about. of time to prepare
0: for it, right? And so if you come out and then things well, just don't yeah. work out, that you don't execute, you're flat, I think that raises a couple of alarm bells. But then you also get to go back and. Well, then, also things, these right? kids
1: haven't played since November. Yeah, like I so you're not gonna. I. It's hard for me well, to imagine. They didn't even have spring. Yeah, they, it's they it's, really it's hard for me to imagine anyone being flat week one, just because you haven't played a game since November. So you're yeah. you are ready. You're ready to go. You want to pile drive things. You, you want to pile drive <laughs> things. Uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, speaking of pile driving things, how oh, about the Rockets three point shooting pile driving their chances? I tell you what. <laughs> Oh, man, Jason, so Jason is rooting for the Rockets. Um, I hate the disrespect Chris Paul has gotten. Um, yeah, no, I agree. So I am root. I want, like, that is why I'm rooting for OKC, because I want Chris Paul to win the series. Um, I am a president of the Chris Paul fan club, apparently. Um, I love Chris Paul.
0: I wish Chris Paul was still a Rocket. That's my, my thing. I, I like Brody, but uh, I like Chris Paul more. And guess what? It's the same situation as last year, a little earlier. Or two years, yeah, two, two years, ago. two years ago. Yeah, when Chris Paul was out, and I think Russ will play in Game Five. I yeah, he better. That's how I look at it. He just he better, you know. Because like I mean, what kind of his reputation is going to take a hit? Well, as, it, as a it, if
1: Russ like Russ wants to play, it's no doubt it's the organization like holding him back from probably from <laughs> himself.
0: He better wake up.
1: Well, I think I think that's what their thing was, where it's like okay. We, so, like, after games one and two, you're up 2-0 in the series. Maybe if you're down 2-0, you bring Russ back, but it's like, okay, we don't yeah. want to overextend him. Then it's 2-1. It's like, okay, we're still in control of the series. And If you watch game three, there's an argument to be made. The Rockets should have won game three. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, so we'll take care of business in game four. Get a 15-point lead in game four. And tell me if you've heard this before. How weird. But the Rockets missed a bunch of threes in the last, <laughs> you they- know— Sixteen minutes of action.
0: Did they end up taking more than sixty? Because I know I, I, I think it was count, like fifty-eight. 58. Yeah. I think it was fifty-eight, and it and set the record for they, most. They attempts. hit like four or five in the whole second half. It was something ridiculous. So they started like, off
1: yeah. in the second half. They started off eight for eight in the second half from okay. three-point land, and then they went then like they went three drive. for twenty-four the rest of the way. Like it was bad. It was bad. But
0: then but, this is what I understand is like at that point, how can you not have the opportunity to just run different plays? And like Harden can drive the lane. We know that. He's, he's he's almost magic floating okay. down the lane. So here, oh, Just okay. score two points, man.
1: So here is – so I told you I was in a – you yeah, said, go you ahead. said I haven't had like a great go. rant today. <laughs> I haven't had a great rant yet. Tear it up. Here's my, here's my rant today. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Rockets are – oh, my gosh. They – it frustrates me because everything they believe about basketball, I am the opposite. Their whole game is just James Harden isolating and kicking out the shooters. No other players getting involved. You want to know why the Rockets consistently have these games once or twice the playoffs where they just all of a sudden just are ice cold and can't hit anything? Mm-hmm. It's because other players are not involved in the offense. They are there just to catch the ball and shoot. They're not involved. They don't dribble. They don't pass. They don't do anything. They just stand there, catch, and shoot. You're not involved. And this and – to people that think it doesn't matter, no, it matters in basketball. The reason why the Bulls and the Lakers under Phil Jackson ran a triangle offense, it was not for Michael Jordan, Kobe, and Shaq. It was not for those guys to go and score. Those guys can go and score if I was coaching a the team. Mm-hmm. Th- they'll go and score 30 points a game. They're so good, it doesn't matter who's coaching. They're going to go and do what they're going to do. But Phil Jackson ran a triangle offense to get... Horace Grant involved in the offense, to get John Paxson, to get Rick Fox, Derek Fisher involved in the offense so that when they were called yeah. upon in key situations, they would be ready to go because they've been involved in the game throughout. And to people that think that doesn't matter, no, it matters when you're playing basketball. If you're, and I can speak from personal experience, if I wasn't getting the ball, if I wasn't involved in the offense, if I was just, if I hadn't touched the ball for four or five possessions in a row, I wasn't playing defense. And then when I did get the ball, I probably wasn't going to do anything good with it.
0: Because you're just taken out of the game, essentially. Yeah, right? you're, ta- you you're
1: you're mentally checked out yeah. of the game at that point. So when the Rockets, every year, their offense is just, and I'm not blaming Harden entirely for this because the organization has told him, hey, this is the way to play basketball. And it, oh my gosh, I hate that the Rockets every year just insist our way is the right way to do it. Our way is the right way to play basketball. But you're losing every freaking year to better teams. So no, your way is not the right way to play basketball. You know why they almost beat the Warriors in 2018 before Chris Paul? Paul got hurt because Chris cause Chris Paul did not let the Rockets do it their way. Yeah. Chris Paul made them adapt their way to become better. And that's why they were the best they were that year. The year after that, Harden got frustrated and started going back to doing it their way. Yeah. This is, it's I, it, oh, I don't understand it. Every year they say, this is the right way to do it. Our way is the best way. Our way is the best way. Well, if you're always the best way, why aren't you the best team? Why aren't you winning championships? You're way over a luxury tax. You spend so much money on all of these guys. So you can't say you don't have enough players because you're spending all this freaking money on, well, Harden and Russ are superstars. we are spending all this freaking money on Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington. And so you're spending all this freaking money on other players. So you can't say it's the players' fault because these are the players that you are getting. If you're always the best way, you should be the best team. Get your players involved in the offense. Basketball is not a game where one guy can dribble out the clock and just pass it with two seconds left on a shot clock to a shooter and it's on him to <laughs> knock down the shot all the time. So, so Get why, players involved. So
0: why hasn't this guy, Mike D'Antoni, why has he never adapted so I mean, it's, it's funny just, it's just when when, when he
1: was in Phoenix, when they, when he was in Phoenix, the ball was moving. There was ball movement so in the had offense. Nash and
0: and yes, Maurice because Gautemire and who was the other? Offense? They had Sean Marion. Yeah.
1: And in the first years there, they had a Joe Johnson and Quentin yeah. Richardson, Boris Diaw. Like they had a Leandro Barbosa. Like those it's sons. Those sons teams were really really good. Yeah. Um, I wish. I mean, the Spurs won they championship. They still never won a. Yeah, they never man. won a title. Which is it would have been cool if they did. But and I'll give the Rockets some credit because this year they're actually playing defense. Like they went to the super small ball yeah. and it's like, oh how are they going to defend? to Harden's credit, he has taken defense seriously this year. He is not the turnstile on defense that I think his reputation suggests that he is right. He has played real legitimate defense this year. So I give harden credit for that. I, but every year, they claim the Rockets are just so freaking arrogant as an organization of our way's the right way to do it. We're the smartest team in the league. When the Warriors were saying it, at least they were winning. Right. Like when the owner said, oh, we're light years heavy ahead of everybody else, they were winning 73 games. They yeah. won three out of four titles. Like they'd gotten to the finals five years in a row. Like, okay, maybe they were light years ahead. Indeed, they, maybe indeed they were. Um, But the Warriors also, they moved the ball around. People were involved in the offense. It's why their role players always stepped up. Uh, Like, they didn't have—they weren't losing games and losing championships because Sean Livingston was giving them nothing, or David West was giving them nothing, or their other— Leandro Barbosa, like— you notice their role players always stepped up? You know why that is? Because they were involved in the team. You know why the Spurs role players were always really, really good? That's Because they're involved in yeah. the offense. And people say, oh, that doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Trust me, it matters. I know it takes some nuance here to follow this. you got to have some critical thinking here to follow <laughs> it. But, yes, it matters. Don't just read the headline. Actually go a little beyond. Go Dive a little deep here. Use some critical thinking. Watch the game closely. It matters. It's why LeBron, to his credit— LeBron is always trying to get his his guy he's trying to get his guy shots he's always trying to get other players on his team the ball and the, LeBron could easily do nothing but dribble the ball the entire game and score 50 points a night but sure. he yeah. but but he doesn't because he knows if I'm going to win a championship, I need Kyle Kuzma to be good. Now I don't know if Kyle Kuzma will be good, but he. But LeBron knows I need Kyle Kuzma to be a good player four out of seven games against the Clippers and the Bucks. Just and be involved. Just right? to just be involved. I know I need Danny Green engaged. I need Contavious Caldwell Pope engaged. I need JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard to rebound their ass off. So I'm gonna throw them a couple extra lob chances. Maybe I don't get them, but knowing that, but they know that I value them, so they're gonna play harder for me on defense. It matters, believe yeah. me. That kind of thing. Matters so to watch the Rockets consistently just do this, insist their way is the best way, and not win. Oh, it bothers. It just bothers me so freaking much. I freaking hate it. Well,
0: because they have solid talent. I feel like they have a, a really solidly talented team, but it's. I, I feel like they've also stepped back in that regard too. I feel like they were a little more talented a couple of seasons ago than they are right now, and you know, it's just for me the what the hardened thing that's hard is that I feel like. The more somebody's in control of the game like the more he has the ball in his hands the propensity to make a mistake goes up of course and then you know when you're just feeding it through him and he's not a natural point guard but he's running the offense and he can he he himself can have some great scrape plays, Mm -hmm. but then you you make a bad pass here there uh, and then then you just get pounded for it but like you said and all the other guys are standing around they're not involved in the offense and then yeah, he's driving the lane he kicks out to Daniel House on the perimeter and he clanks a 3 versus hitting a 3. You're like, "Oh, but your case in point is he's not going to hit that 3 cuz he's 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 just standing there." And I mean
1: to so the Rockets there cuz they're doing this all on a spread. So my biggest problem is they're doing this all on a spreadsheet like yeah. basketball is a game with young Fucking with Daryl Moore, with, with athletic <laughs> with athletic, yeah. But and I mean analytics in sports work Mm -hmm. but they can't be the only thing that you use right at a certain point you have to like human factor there's a human factor these are young alpha males these are guys who their whole life have been the most athletic person you know on the team they've been you know when they were in college they were the guy that got all the girls you know they they've been now they're the guys with the most money in every room they walk into Like these are young. There's a human factor to this. So when you marginalize these young alpha males as okay, you're only gonna stand in the corner and uh, and you know just shoot when the ball's passed to you. That's your only job. It does affect them, and they're not. And hard. And this is the thing. It makes it so hard on James Harden. And getting Russ was a. And that's why you had to have CP3 when he was there. Because it takes some of that load off of Harden, of someone He's else to create the shots. Chris Paul's a leader. Yeah, and and, and really that's important. and you're w- seeing that with, you know who leads the NBA in clutch points this year, Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Yeah, and it's not even like there's not a they close were all over second. That last night, yeah. and and you saw he had a 26 last night, 22 were in the second half, and how many big shots did he hit in the fourth quarter? A lot and you notice Chris Paul, he's not dominating the ball. He's like, Oh, Dennis Schroeder, go do you. Oh, Shake Alexander, go do you. You know, oh, we're gonna get the ball to Steven Adams a few times, even though Steven Adams in the post is not the best option, but you need Adams playing his butt-off on defense, protecting the rim, and rebounding. So getting him the ball a few times early in the game keeps him engaged. Like Chris Paul is Chris Paul might be the smartest basketball player I've ever seen. I love the guy. And that, and that's why I love Chris Paul because he gets – and you see, he's not dominating the ball. Sometimes he just gives it to Schroeder or Alexander and says, okay, go. Like, you know, go go, do what you're going to do. Lou Dort, oh, take – hey, Lou Dort, you know, you get, they're letting Lou Dort, who's not the best offensive player, you know, do some things on offense – Because he is playing his butt butt off on defense, so you're rewarding him for it. Because you can't just ask him to guard James Harden for 40 minutes and not give him the ball. I know ideally you would only have the ball in your best player's hands, but you can't do that. You can't have the ball on Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, LeBron's hands for the entire game. You have to get the role players involved. You have to let them do stuff on the basketball court. But the Rockets marginalize all their players that are not James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and I really believe that's why they're losing year in and year out is because they just marginalize all their players that are not their stars.
0: So do you think that boils down really to the GM's philosophy? Because even if he got rid of Coach Mike He's, uh, to me that philosophy doesn't change. No, it, like you're looking for another well, because look, look, look at
1: D'Antoni's Suns teams. They don't play like the Rockets do now.
0: Yeah. So it's, a, it's probably a little bit more of Daryl Morey's influence. Who I like, Daryl Morey. I've actually I, I, I tweeted I, with him.
1: Once. I do I do really like Daryl Morey. I think he has to realize though basketball's not played on a spreadsheet.
0: Yeah, and 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 just. Let a coach do their job a little bit more. Let players do their job a little bit more. And it probably make all the world in the difference. But good God, man. When you can't hit a, a three to save your life down the stretch, just oh, In this
1: refusal to take mid-range jumpers, you know what the two biggest shots Chris Paul hit last night were? Yeah. Mid-range oh, jumpers. Yeah. You know what Kawhi that. won a championship doing last year? Oh, yeah. Hitting mid-range jumpers. Kevin Durant, who's the best scorer of our generation, you know where he's most effective from? The mid-range. Michael Jordan, who's the greatest player of all time, where is he best at? The mid-range. Yep. I understand the, like, here's the thing with analytics. So if I'm an average shooter, it makes more sense for me to take a three-pointer than a mid-range jumper because if I'm going to be average from both spots, then I might as well take the three because when I make it, it's worth one more point and over the course of a season, it's, you know, sure. it's more points total. But if I'm an elite mid-range shooter like Chris Paul or Kawhi or Kevin Durant, take the freaking mid-range jumper. And James Harden, his career, like, he's been able to shoot mid-range jump, Like He has the ability to shoot mid-range jumpers. Yeah. But his last few years in Houston, now they tell him, oh, don't take mid-range jumpers. <laughs> all you can shoot is threes. So all you can shoot is threes or layups. Yeah. Which just- it makes, like, in the first 40 minutes of a game, you can kind of get away with that. But at some point... It doesn't become about the spreadsheet and expected points and expected percentage and all this kind of, st- and all these different analytical stats. What it comes down to is you just have to get a bucket. You just need to score. And it doesn't yeah. matter if it's a three, it doesn't matter if it's a mid range, it doesn't matter if it's a dunk. You just need to score. So, that, I mean, that's what the Rockets need to realize. At a certain point, you have to throw the analytics out the window and just say, hey, we need a bucket right now. I don't care if it's an 18-foot jumper. Just get a bucket. And I think when the Rockets realize that, maybe then they can win a championship.
0: So you wanted to say something about Luka.
1: Oh, Luka's incredible. Luka's Luka. going to be an all-timer. Yeah, He's going to be an all-time great. Luka Doncic is going to – he I, if he went down as a top-10 player of all time, it wouldn't surprise me. Wow, that kid is—he is twenty. Um, so I was actually on. I was on. So when Luka came out in the 2018 draft, I was saying he should have been an, the number one pick. So cl- like, he should have been the way Zion was like the overwhelming, obvious consensus number one pick. Mm-hmm. That Luka should have been that times ten. Like people don't understand, Luka Doncic in the Euro League when he was 18 years old was the MVP of the Euro League. And his team won the championship, and he was the best player on the best team in that league. The, a Euro League team, his team Real Madrid in a Euro League, would beat any college team. Who's who was the best college team last year? Kansas. Luka Doncic's Real Madrid team would beat last year's Kansas team by seventy, and that might be being generous to Kansas. <laughs> I am yeah. not joking. Yeah. The the skill level in Euro League basketball is so much closer to the NBA than it is to college. Yeah. Like and if you put an NBA team on the floor with a college team, the college team would have no chance. Lucas team, if you put a bad NBA team on the floor, his his Euro uh, EuroLeague team might actually beat them. Like the best EuroLeague teams in given years could be better than the worst NBA teams. So Luca was the best player in that league at 18, and people thought, "Oh, he's not going to come to the NBA and be that good." No, of course he is. Of course he is, and so seeing Luka what he's doing right now, it's still incredible. I didn't think he'd be this good, uh, especially not in year two. Uh, What he's doing is incredible. But Luka Doncic is going to be an all-time great. What he's doing in this series, carrying Dallas, um, it's incredible. This is we're gonna when Luka's going to the Hall of Fame when he's at the end of his career. People are gonna say, oh, remember when he remember year two in the bubble when he hit that shot. Uh, against the Clippers, that step back three, like people, are, people are going to remember these. Mo- this is going to be one of the signature moments in Luca's career, and it's going to be a long career that ends with him, uh, you know, in the Hall of Fame and maybe you know in people's top tens list. Like Luca is inc- an incredible player. It's pretty tight.
0: You uh, you're going to get his name tattooed on your back.
1: No, so I'm not a Mavericks fan. Like I so so what's what sucks game for five me tonight. What sucks for yeah, it is. Uh so by the time you're hearing well, I'm gonna post this before the game tonight, but by the time you're hearing it, it might game five might already be played. I do think the Clippers are gonna win this series still. I don't think they're any, in any real trouble. Um I think the Clippers win the next two games and win it in six. But Luka Doncic is incredible. Um so, but no, but for me, so I grew up a Spurs fan. And the Spurs and Mavs were arch rivals, so I hated the Mavericks. So I remember in 2018, like, I really liked Luka, and the Mavs ended up trading up to draft him. And I was like, dang it, I can't hate the Mavs anymore Um, because they have Luka Doncic, and I like Luka Doncic. Um, And I've always liked Porzingis, and he was with the Knicks. So I was, like, wanting the Knicks to be good, you know, since he got there. And, of course, they weren't because they're the Knicks. And the Mavericks traded for Porzingis. And I was like, gosh, dang it. Not only can I not – you know, Not only do I not, not hate the Mavericks anymore, I like them now. Like, I actually like this team, and I yeah. grew up hating them. So I think 10-year-old me would be so disappointed no, same in me. me now.
0: But see, I also remember the Mavericks won, like, you know, four or ten games in a whole season. Like, they were horrible. And that change that happened over the years has been kind of cool to watch, and it kind of happened under Mark Cuban's tenure, uh, you know, since he took over that team. Yeah. And— They've become very impressive now. I haven't watched a single game of this Clippers and Masters. You have series. not
1: watched. You gotta
0: watch tonight. I'm watching tonight. I'm gonna watch Game Five tonight. Dude, Luka I was missing Game Four and then watching the highlights, I was
1: like, oh. oh. Luka Doncic is. Oh, and I love Kawhi. Oh, Kawhi is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so man, the Clippers made a mistake late in that game. So the only person that was able to success, successfully guard Luka was Kawhi. Like when Kawhi would guard Luka, Luka wasn't scoring. When anyone else guarded Luka, Luka was scoring. And I said this going in um, to to late in the game. I was like, "Why is Reggie Jackson in the game? Because the Mavericks are just hunting him and going after him defensively." So when it got to that last possession, the Clippers are up one. I was like, "Get Reggie out of the game. Get get you know Montrezl Harrell. Get somebody else in there." Um, And they left Reggie Jackson in the game. And what did the Clippers do on the inbound play? They screen to get Reggie Jackson a switch on a Luka. Now I'm actually Kawhi should not have let that switch happen. Kawhi should have told Reggie to get back and just gotten over the screen and gotten a Luka. Um, so I do some of this blame is on Kawhi as well. But um leaving Reggie Jackson in the game there. Doc Rivers coaching decisions have been questionable for years. In this series specifically. Yeah. Um late, late late in games where you need to stop. Reggie Jackson should not be in the game. Uh, Re- Reggie Jackson just should not be playing that much, period. Like, Landry Schmidt is a much better player. Reggie Jackson is not a distributor of the ball, so saying you need to play him at point guard uh, doesn't make any sense. I mean, Kawhi and Lou Williams have been handling the ball late in this series. But on the last podcast, after the Lakers Blazers game one, I said if Anthony Davis dominates the series like he should, it'll be over in five. And it dear God, like,
0: the Blazers got murdered last night.
1: Yeah, because Anthony Davis and LeBron realize they're Anthony Davis and LeBron, <laughs> yeah, and just have completely taken over the series. I uh,
0: turned that on, and they were up by forty. They were up yeah. by forty at some point. I just thought, just stop, just stop now. Yeah, why I even continue? Yeah, and no. I think that was in the first half. I think right before the end of the first half, they were they hit like. Right at forty, and then the Blazers like maybe got a couple of yeah. No, the
1: Lakers, the Lakers bad. looked like a title contender last night. Um, but no, so I, but I said last week on the podcast, I was like, if Anthony Davis dominates the way he should, the Lakers will win in five. Like the Lakers lost game one, but Anthony Davis went eight for twenty four shooting, and I was like, if Anthony Davis can, you know, if he goes twelve for twenty four, they win that game. Um, well, Anthony Davis figured himself out. If Paul George can play like an above average basketball player. Not even an all-star, or for some years some people thought he might be a superstar. He yeah. um, doesn't have to be a superstar or an all-star. Just being an above-average basketball player in the Clippers would have already won the series. They would have swept. I picked him to sweep. Um, and as great as Luke has been, if Paul George just plays like an above-average basketball player this series is over, Paul George, where are you at? You're getting paid like $30 million a year, $35 million a year, and you are nowhere to be found interesting Paul George has to be better for the clippers I mean I think the clippers are going to win this series regardless of what Paul George does but if the clippers want to win a championship like me and other people are predicting them to do Paul George needs to be 25 points a game hmm. and he's been like 8 points a game like yeah. it's it's pathetic so he he's got he has got to be and hey, I called out Anthony Davis last week um and he just showed up you can't say he doesn't listen to the podcast uh, I'm going <laughs> to take credit for that um Paul George it's time for you to show. People are calling you pandemic P. Ooh. He, I mean, he turned off his comments on Instagram for people that don't follow that he doesn't follow. Um, A lot of
0: guys are doing that on Twitter too. Noticed.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's in his but like to me that just shows like and maybe like for your mental state you just don't want to see all that so I get I it. Stay off of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so oh, I man. get it. I get it, but it's also showing that it's in his head. Yeah. I, in my opinion, that's what I think. But Paul George has to be better. Uh, but you got to watch that game tonight because. The Eastern Conference sucks. So we all only have the West. <laughs> yeah. Um That's and how I, you pretty much do have. Yeah, but I said it like in the in the playoff preview podcast, if y'all listen to it, I said I didn't think the Eastern Conference first round was going to be very good. I thought the Miami Indiana series would be better. Um in the games in that series, even though it was a sweep, the individual games were close. The Heat are just a better situational basketball team. Hmm. So late in the game like, you know, late in games, they just they were just better situationally and they won the series. I'm telling you heat bucks in the second round don't pencil, don't just pencil into bucks as getting to the conference finals that's gonna be a real series all right mark it down that's gonna be I think I I, I don't know if I have the guts to pick Miami to win I don't know if I have the stones for that <laughs> but that's gonna be a real series
0: if that happened though um what do you got left after that uh, you Toronto and Boston? Yeah, I'm
1: looking forward to that Toronto box. So the yeah. Eastern Conference second round, I think is going to be awesome. The first yeah. round was just horrible because Embiid and uh, S- or Simmons was out for Philadelphia, and Embiid is not – I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks he is. Orlando-Milwaukee was never going to be a good series, neither was Toronto and Brooklyn. And I thought Indiana-Miami would have more games. And while the games were close, Indiana could just never win one. Um, but I didn't think the first round of the East is going to be that good. The second round is going to be a lot of fun. I think we're looking at six, seven-game series in both of those. I am so looking forward to the Eastern Conference second round. But you got to watch Clippers' Mavs tonight.
0: I'll definitely watch it tonight.
1: And then, man, my Nuggets have let me – my boy Nikola Jokic has let me down um, that in the Nuggets defense in that Utah-Denver series. Have you seen what Donovan Mitchell's been doing? No. He has two 50-point games in the first four wow. games of I that like series. him, though.
0: I like him a lot. I always liked him since, like, I think, two seasons ago when they were the – Rockets. Well, the Rockets and Jazz play row. Yeah, in so that playoffs, that right? was
1: Mitchell's. So last year they played the second year. Last year they played in the first round, and the year before they played in the second round. Yeah, and that was so that was Mitchell's first and second year. This right. is year three for him.
0: And you saw maturity from both playoff series. I feel like.
1: Yeah, and you're seeing and you're seeing it now, and you're seeing it now as well. The jump he's made year two to year three. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you though, I think this, I think the bubble, like the no fans. I think that that's given a little bit more of a pickup game aspect so these guys who are really good and really skilled offensively mm-hmm. I think that's why you're seeing like these absurd numbers from guys because there's there's an element of just like no pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's no home court advantage. I mean, it's just you're just there. So and, I, I mean, I if you
1: miss three shots in a row, there aren't fans heckling you <laughs> for it. You know, like you're just. Yeah,
0: But some guys thrive off of that. How would Reggie Miller be right now if he was playing in the bubble?
1: I th- See, I think I a really mentally tough guy to thrive off of it. But, like, not saying Mitchell's not mentally tough. Okay. I actually think he really is. But he is young. He's, like, 23, yeah. 24 years old. So, for a young guy who's really talented and Denver just their two be- two of their best defenders are injured. So, he is just, he is yeah, destroying like their backcourt. Yeah, they their best chance to get back into the series was winning Game Four. Uh, they lost Game Four. I think they, uh, I think they go out tonight. I think they go out in five. I actually picked Denver to win that series in five, so I was very wrong about that. But hey, Donovan Mitchell's been awesome. Uh, Mike Conley's come back from having a kid, and he's been great. Um, Rudy Gobert's been really. He's been he's done a decent job on Jokic, and like just role players like Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal have been. Uh, Joanne Morgan have been very very good for the Jazz. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the second round of the playoffs, um, but in the West, it's a little unclear as far as who's that's going to be. I mean, Utah and the Lakers will be there. Who will they be playing though? Will Will Luca pull off this upset? I don't think he will, but man, if he keeps playing like this, it's going to be hard to keep hard to keep him out. Um, and then we'll see what happens with the Rockets. I am so intrigued. I am so intrigued with this Rocket series now. This is oh man, I'm. And I think the Rockets actually give the Lakers problems. I really, really do, just because of the way they shoot threes and, yeah. the, and the way they, as as they're warm. They're 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 active and they're very active defensively. And I think the Lakers guards, like the Lakers guards, just aren't very good. So Harden and Westbrook should be able to eat them alive. The problem is also guarding Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah, you have nobody that's in the mat. They're going to put PJ Tucker on him, I, I assume,
1: and he's and just going to get ran Him over.
0: or Covington? He might get some. Charge calls every now and then, but like otherwise, I don't know what. P. See, P. but here's the thing do. with great players, and I like PJ Tucker. No, PJ Tucker is he's undersized oh. for his his like
1: mental, like, he's undersized for his know? natural position at small yeah, forward, like, much less center.
0: But like, I, but yeah, I feel like he plays bigger than what he is. Oh, no is, question, you know? and no question. Cool. The guy's got a Huge heart, and he has a huge uh, shoe collection. Apparently, yeah. You know, know about that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like he brought like three hundred shoes to the bubble, <laughs> yeah, which I don't funny. understand because you're just in the same Different place one. all day. Like, wh- wh- where do you? Have you? to change shoes like twice a day at least to get. Like, if fancy. I was in the bubble, I'd wear like I'm wearing flip flops right now. I'd wear nothing but flip flops if I was in the bubble.
0: Most of them probably do just wear flip flops, yeah, Crocs or something, you know.
1: Why on earth would I go just wear like foot. you know Jordans? Anywhere. Yeah, like just special crazy. edition Jordans.
0: I wonder if any of those guys are getting frustrated. Um
1: Dude, what was that? I was gonna say something though. Uh oh yeah. Uh so the, yeah. Um, but before before we hit the break, the one thing I want to say, like as far as guarding Anthony Davis with PJ Tucker, the thing with guarding any great player is a guy like Anthony Davis, like, is gonna get their points. Like they're gonna score 25 points yeah. regardless. You gotta make them inefficient. You gotta make them work for it. Like sure. you gotta make them uncomfortable. That's what it's about. Yeah. If the Rockets can make Anthony Davis uncomfortable, then they have a chance. The Blazers, Anthony Davis is very comfortable right now playing yeah. against the Blazers. And that is why the Lakers, the last few games, have looked as good as they've looked because Anthony Davis and LeBron are extremely comfortable. Confident. Confident.
0: With your confidence.
1: But we're going to hit a break right now. we got a message from Right On coming up. We'll be right back with more right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Ride right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bank. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. And we're back here on the Ride On Sports podcast with, as Jason Casera says, baseball. Baseball, baby. It's the greatest
0: game on earth. That's, that's the greatest game to me.
1: Uh, we'll, disagree. we'll agree to disagree there. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard some guys think that football is the greatest game. There's guys that think basketball is the greatest game. I just love baseball for everything that happens between the bases. There's so much that happens throughout a game. And some people will put some to sleep, and others, they get pretty entertained. Speaking of what it.
1: happens between the bases, uh, the Astros, they were hot, and then they got swept by the Padres. Hey, and, and – if you're going to get swept by somebody, I'd rather it be the
0: Padres <laughs> than, than a lot of teams. Cuz there might there might Yeah, they're your team sleeper to team. pick over the the Dodgers which the Dodgers are looking incredible unfortunately, but um the Padres look scary right now. The Padres I like the Padres. I,
1: liked, I like I like Okay, so here, you you weren't here. I I wish you were here for this last week. Um, Cuz Ortiz the slam? Yeah, the unwritten yeah, rules thing. So where do stupid. you, you it's
0: just dumb. I mean, part of that, too, is that, that that manager for the Padres was on the Rangers staff the previous year, so he's still friends with some okay. of those players. And uh, so, so I didn't know gonna that. going to be whiny. That's yeah. What I really didn't like about that is that he he threw his guy under the bus. Yeah, I, I didn't like that
1: the manager was like, oh, he missed a take sign there. He a take
0: sign. He should have had his back. Like, that guy's more important to the team than you are as the manager. Oh, he no won't question. He will unless be there. Unless, unless, unless they, they really win with this guy, he probably won't be there in two or three years, and Tatis Jr. still will be. And, you know, that dude, they're like, who are you? Like, really, who are you? Like, nobody even knows who that guy is, but they know who Tatis Jr. is. Yeah,
1: so you know what was like, you know, so the Rangers manager, Chris Woodward, he was complaining about it. Like, oh, I guess the unwritten rules are being violated or whatever. And he sucked his whole career. He can suck it, too. You know what's (laughs) so funny about that was last year, like the last game of the regular season, Mm -hmm. Mike Miner was chasing chasing 200 strikeouts in the ninth inning of a blowout game. Um, and he had allowed five runs in the game and it was a ninth inning and he had thrown well over hundred pitches. Um and he was still in the game going for that two hundred strikeout and with one out in the ninth, uh the batter hits a pop up in the foul territory and the Rangers let it drop so he can go get his two hundred strikeout. <laughs> it's like is that not an unwritten rule of yeah. the game to like, you know, not stat chase and,
0: you know, catch the pop up? To me, pretty much anyone that ever says anything on behalf of the Texas Rangers uh, they they can suck it. Like I just that whole organization for probably since I was a kid and you had Pudge Rodriguez there, that was probably the only time I liked them. Even when Nolan Ryan was pitching for the Rangers, I didn't like the Rangers. I don't know what it's been. I still don't like
1: them. I think they're very whiny. They uh, they are. All, they think they're like like when remember Jose Batista flipped his bat and like the yeah. ne- and then and Odor punches him in the face the next Bats year. Batista
0: deserved to flip his bat. He just walked you off.
1: No and not so not but here's the th- here's the thing that bothered me about that. Rufneiro Dor was the guy that punched him in the face and like stood up for the unwritten rules of baseball or whatever. Yeah. Rufneiro Dor flips his bat after hitting a single. Yeah, dude he's 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 like the He flips his bat more than any player in Is baseball. Is he still playing for the Rangers? Yes. Okay. Cuz we wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. No, so it's, I the Rangers think they they're like the old school like do it right. Like I'm, so I'm telling you this. So the next team the Rangers will be the next team to throw out the Astros. Probably For, like, it wouldn't surprise me. Because I think everyone the Astros playing before the Rangers, it's um they're playing teams they've already played. Or it was like when I was looking at the schedule a while back, it was like the Padres or like the Padres aren't gonna do like there's no animosity between the Astros yeah. and the Padres. Or the Giants. Or the or the Giants or the Rockies or any of yeah. these other teams, or like Oakland, I think is on a schedule between now and then. But we've already played Oakland. Yeah. You know, if, if anything happens, it would be for the Loriano well, thing.
0: Yeah. That that you might have more. action. Well, I'm talking about
1: pitch. in in regards yeah. to like the in regards to the cheating just the scandal. Pissiness. Yeah. It'll be the Rangers will be the next. Like I guarantee you, a Ranger pitcher will throw at the Astros in that first series.
0: The Rangers have only scored 104 runs on the season. And how, and how many games? They played uh, 28. So that's so just that's... over three runs a game. Yeah, and the uh, the Astros have played 29 and they're at 155. So,
1: but that's with man and half the half of our offense missing the majority. Yeah, of Yeah, Bregman season. went on the injured list in Colorado with a ham- not even feeling it ham- hamstring uh hamstring injury. I mean, we felt it in that San Diego series. Yeah, damn. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I mean, I like Abraham Toro, but I don't like him as our everyday third man, baseman. No, he
0: doesn't need to be out there.
1: You know, uh, and that's
0: that's unfortunate. We don't really
1: have a choice. Yeah, we don't really have a. We don't have. We our minor league system only goes so deep. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's always that
0: uh, that conversation about with Correa and.
1: Correa is playing really well this year. And he's
0: a, and he's a really good shortstop, to be honest. On the field, he's a he's a really good fielder. Probably a little bit
1: underrated. He makes some phenomenal plays at a guy well, that's he's not, six foot four. For it's because he's not on the field as much. That's why he's. Not, but I think this year, like people are starting to take notice of how good Correa is.
0: Yeah, and and probably how important Bregman is, and how important Altuve is to the offense. Like he's, I guess, starting to warm up a little bit. He's over two hundred now. Bubbles in the water. <laughs> he's
1: he he hitting two hundred now. I still believe that there's
0: just so much weight on that guy's mind. Yeah, I think and so. It is mental. He's he's a, I don't want to call him fragile, but I think he's a little bit sensitive as a as a guy. Like he's just an emotional leader. Um, he's an emotional player. And I think I think
1: what happened was when he started off cold. Yeah. I think if he was started off hot, a of it been Yeah. I think when he started off cold, it became a a people problem. started talking crap. Yeah. yeah. They're like,
0: oh, there's no one banging on trash cans for you. I'm like, hey, they haven't banged on trash cans in three years. Get out of here. Yeah. But they, you you know, when we have JVs out, uh Framber pitched a good game. He let up four runs, but he still pitched a gym. He threw eleven he had eleven K's. He's looked good. He has like a two-something ERA. And then uh, you have Lance, who's been a little bit up and down. Um, besides that, who got? grinkys look good.
1: Grinkies look good. The last Sometimes few starts. that's more interesting than anything. He do Be- that <laughs> fifty-four
0: mile an hour that's crazy this pitch. It's crazy, and he said it was an accident. <laughs> He's I like, don't, I don't know. I don't it believe. I don't believe that. It's so interesting, man. Uh, man, Belak lovable. was
1: pitching really well until Saturday. Yeah, until. But it's, well with young pitchers, and it's what I tell. So I have pe- I have friends who always ask me for gambling advice uh <laughs> and that for baseball because they know I follow baseball um but I tell them with the young pitchers like they say like oh what about this guy and I was like he's young you never know what's gonna happen like yeah. especially with a young especially if they've been pitching well like you just I whenever a young pitcher pitches well if he wasn't like a super high level prospect like Brandon Belak was I'm just kind of waiting like okay when's it when's it gonna happen when's
0: that scouting report gonna get out when's there the scouting report coming out something?
1: when when is the pattern figured out and the Padres boy they figured it out
0: well and then a guy like Christian Javier he's looked good and but he's had I think one bad game but he had one bad game in Oakland good.
1: and even in Oakland I thought he was a little I thought he he was a li- he got he made a couple of mistakes and both got pounced on and uh I think I think Christian Javier has a little more staying power than Brandon Belak does.
0: Probably, at least until maybe he develops more.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think well, Belak was on a super high-level prospect anyway. We just don't have yeah. – like, we just need starting pitchers. Hey, Forrest Whitley, where he's, are you? He's injured. Again. <laughs> with the rest
0: of our freaking team. The guy's like uh, – I don't know if he's got through an entire minor league season yet, and of course we don't have one right now, but um, – I think he did two years ago. We need to go down to Brewster's, you know? We to go down to Brewster's and hang out and just wait for the players to come in for lunch or something? And we'll catch interviews that way, but then we can put him into a corner and be like, When are you gonna When are you gonna make it, man? Come on, Forrest.
1: You were just talking about getting an Altuve said. Do we want to do this to <laughs> Forrest Whitley? Pitching is a more <laughs> mental may never, than anything ever else. See
0: that guy again. I
1: I am a Forrest Whitley believer. I am a Forrest Whitley believer. He's still very young. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like twenty three I, like I also I also think that. I think he's like twenty one. Um, he was drafted out of high school. Yeah, he's young. Alamo Heights. Also, I think uh, Brent Strom. I think once Brent Strom gets his hands on Forrest Willie, I think Forrest is gonna be really, really good. Because I think the credit to like these young pitchers being as good as they are goes to Brent Strom. Yeah, and I no think one's so. talking about it.
0: Yeah, and and I think he has control over those moves a lot of times too like everyone wants to blame like when aj was was
1: no manager, i think that was aj you think I, don't, so? I don't
0: think it was i think it was you don't AJ. think ever strom was ever to say hold up aj let's just let this guy go longer or hang on aj let's get him out you know and aj's like ah no i gotta i think in degree, the, get the get playoff
1: i think in the playoffs aj was
0: i, AJ said, I, I don't want to bring in cole because he's gonna leave us anyway
1: i, I <laughs> so what <well>, the astros <laughs> should have done in the world series was bringing osuna to clean up the inning and then bring in Cole for the last three innings. They could or have last just hit that innings. dude in the
0: ribs and came out better. You know that would have been better. Would have turned out fine. You brought in your uh, yeah. We we shouldn't we shouldn't unpack that one because I I'm I'm of the I'm of the sort you you had your best reliever at the time that you brought in and you just the guy got yeah Harris had been great you know, but Harris looking.
1: was also oh he was so overworked but I think yeah. if you were gonna pitch Cole and you're only gonna pitch him if you had to lead what I would have done was bringing Osuna, who was the closer, and he's been... Vi- Osuna, the one thing he's been a lead at, at least in Astro uniform, is getting out of messy innings. Like, you put him on there with two guys on base and one out, yeah. he gets out of the inning. Yeah. Like, better than... He does fine with it. The- he does yeah. great with that. And he can. All- he's also shown he can go multiple innings in his career. But you are going to bring in Cole if you had the lead. So bring in Osuna to get out of that messy inning with the lead, and then bring in the best pitcher in baseball to close it out, and we would have won the World Series in 2019. But anyway... Kyle Tucker's been awesome.
0: At least we'd have two under our belt. Yeah, Kyle Tucker's
1: uh starting to come alive, man. Starting to live up to that hype. He I know. It's it what's funny is like right before he got hot, everyone's like, oh, we gotta <laughs> we gotta cut bait. We gotta cut ties with him. What are
0: we gonna do with this guy? We need a DH, man. We're short on.
1: But also it's but here's what people don't realize like Reddick, Brantley, and Springer are all their contracts are all up at the end of the season. We need yeah. Kyle Tucker because after this year he's our only freaking outfielder. <laughs>
0: I'm, man, I'm so, I I, I want George Springer to be a lifetime Astro. Me too. And no matter what it costs, I'm okay. Like, I love Brantley, but I think he's going to move on. And, well,
1: Brantley's uh, also like, he's like 34, 35. Yeah, he's like good he's there, older, and he's
0: had a lot of injuries in his career, so his body actually might be a lot more aged than it really is. Like, Brantley, good. Brantley
1: would be a really good DH. So, like, remember in 2017 when Beltran was a DH forever until we realized he just wasn't that good, and then Yadis became a DH? And then
0: he ruined our franchise. What? I'm sorry.
1: No, Beltran did not ruin our franchise. Stop that. Mike Fires did. <laughs> anyway, um but remember, like I think Brantley would have been great in that role, like the Beltron role. Yeah, where like he plays in the outfield like yeah. every so often, but he's primarily the DH. That's where I think Brantley would Brantley would be great in that role whether it's for us or somebody else. As of
0: now in the depth chart, they have Michael Brantley listed as the DH. And what I heard on the radio the
1: other day is that he well, can't stand
0: being the DH. He likes to be in the field. But it's he's, just an He's actually not a, he's not a
1: bad field. Well, the thing no. is you got well Tucker is a, probably better in the field than he is. At least Tucker's more athletic than he is. He's ten years Redick younger. Reddick is Reddick is a lot better. Reddick's a Gold Glover in the corner. Yeah. Um. And George Springer's a very good outfielder. Mm-hmm. And you have Miles Straw yeah. to come in in the outfield as well. Uh, Brantley is and Brantley's not a bad fielder, but it's I I want him to stay healthy. And if I can have him stay healthy by hitting, having him DH, then absolutely. I I'd rather might him, just suck it up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like he needs to be there instead of Toro, uh, which I guess Toro's gonna be.
1: I mean, Toro has to now. be in there right now because Brickman's out. And well, we don't...
0: But Diaz will be back soon too. Adedimus Diaz. Adedimus. That's right.
1: He got a lead miss. He got hurt the very first yeah. game of the season. So um, he'll, he should be he back he any day now. If he um, is, that'd be re- – because Diaz is a decent bat. Yeah, and
0: he can play every spot in the infield. Yeah,
1: you can, we can put him at third. I
0: never liked that guy until we got him, and I still was kind of like, oh, why did we get that guy? And then I can't remember what it was, but, man, he earned his stripes last season. Um, I, I think he had a hot streak but he was like he just was like leading on the field and you can see guys when they do that like just on their their approach and
1: uh, well, he's, a, he's just a professional is. hitter like he's just he's a good he's a good like if, as a he's as good as utility guys get yeah like he's as good as utility guys get so I I like a lead misty at, and it's it's like, uh, I know you don't like Marwin, but it's like Marwin in 2017 when we had all those injuries. Like, oh, Marwin, you got to play first today. Okay, Marwin, you got to play second today. All right, Correa's out. You're playing short. Cool. Hey, Bregman's hitting a rest day. You're playing third. Awesome. Hey, we need you in center today. Okay, fine. Like, Marwin just did, like, Marwin did everything for that team, and Diaz does a similar role where he can kind of play all over the place. Yeah. So I, I know you don't like Marwin, so you hate that I even mentioned his Marwin's on my uh, short list of. People, I would egg his house,
0: you know. I would, I would actually Marwin Gonzalez the, the hit year old the man. biggest home run in Astros history. He also had the highest percentage usage of uh, banging, he was a big banger, you know. So, and then when he went to Minnesota, <laughs> Marwin Gonzalez,
1: <laughs> we don't win the World Series without Marwin Gonzalez, so yeah, y- probably not. You just but have to suck it up. George Springer,
0: too, he was uh, fantastic in the World Series, of course.
1: Well, I'm saying without that home run from Marwin Gonzalez, we do not win the World Series. Yeah. Without the Game 2 home run off Ken Lee Jansen. Yes, you do. (laughs) You literally do. I will never love that man. As an Astros fan, you literally have to love Marwin Gonzalez.
0: Mar gone. (laughs) Forever.
1: Let's move on to the the NFL because I cannot stand Jason's baseball opinions today.
0: (laughs) They're, They're very strong.
1: No, they're just wrong. I don't mind strong opinions. You're just wrong.
0: No, they're not wrong, because opinions can't be wrong because opinions are just opinions. I am
1: saying your but opinions facts, are wrong. Now
0: facts can be wrong. <laughs> Marwin tainted look, look, here's here's how it lays out. Is Jose Altuve is getting all the blame right now and the guy who used the the system the least, right? Yeah. And he's taking all the brunt of that crap. Marwin got to go off to Minnesota where he sucks, by the way. And he used that system more than anybody. He capitalized off that system. So you know how hard it is to hit a baseball. You know, like oh, 300. Con- that's a 70 percent I- failure rate.
1: I'm a, I am convinced that if you put me, if I, if you told me I was DH every game for a season, you would never take me out. And I had professional coaching that entire year. I am convinced I would never make contact with a baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can go into a, a, a batter's cage, right, like with the machine, and still strike
0: out. And you know it's coming at, like, 85 miles an hour or maybe 80 miles an hour, and all you got to do is, like,
1: swing right away. I don't go to 80-mile-an-hour batting cages.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time for me, too. But I'm just saying, so, like, that guy got to slink out, you know? Yeah. And and he's not taking any heat whatsoever, and the guy that doesn't deserve the heat is taking it all. That's my problem with Marwin. And he's just sat back and like, well, I don't – yeah, I have regrets about it. But no, you don't. He got paid because of that, you know? Now he's hitting, like, 180. I don't even know if he's on like rostered with the Twins right now. He is on the roster. He's like he's not even he's 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 like third string DH. <laughs> the
1: Astros do not win that World Series. Maybe not without Marwin Gonzalez.
0: But anything can happen with fate.
1: Sometimes things are
0: just fate, man.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, moving (laughs) on to the NFL. Jason, the season starts in two weeks, and I'm freaking excited. I'm excited, too. Even even though the Texans are going to be horrible. (laughs) Um, Well, they won't be horrible. They'll be 9-7. They'll get the seventh seed in the playoffs. We'll play in the ESPN Saturday wild card game with Booger McFarland commentating, and he's the worst commentator, Um, and we'll lose in the first round. Um, But I'm still very excited.
0: I'm excited. It's just uh, starting up. And actually, I've I've enjoyed hard knocks, and that's actually Part of the excitement that I've Isn't
1: had. Anthony Lynn just super likable?
0: Yeah, he is. He, that guy's doing uh, like Zoom calls with his guys, and he's like, "Man, I'm missing you your face." And then Sean McVay's over here, and he reminds me of that dude from Lord of the Rings. I think McVay's likable. like too. I like, like him they're, like they're too. They're very different, but, yeah, they're, but they're I think different. they're both very likable. I, I think it's like you go to go to McVay's house to um, eat like a nice dinner, you know, and and drink some really fancy wine. And then you go to Anthony Lynn's to probably have barbecue. To have a barbe- oh, and they a showed theater. him barbecuing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually he's a really good he's from Dallas, right? Yeah. So I mean, I wish he was from Houston. But it's cool, he's from Dallas.
1: He's a Texan. Um, hey, Dallas through. has good barbecue. Yeah, I they mean, they, they don't barbecue. do anything else as well as Houston, but they have good barbecue.
0: <laughs> but they but uh yeah, I like I like both guys quite a bit, honestly. And uh McVay just seems like he's um they're just different. They're very different. Well,
1: McVeigh's like high energy, like go. Ah, oh, man. So yeah. I'll I tell you what, I kind of fell in love with McVeigh. Like, in the. Well, I've, I've always kind of liked him, but it's uh, like they're doing the walkthroughs, and Jared Goff's like, oh, I'm going to try something different. He's like, yeah, awesome, awesome. He's like, yeah, I was going to do that. Awesome, Jared. Yeah, keep going, yeah, Jared. Yeah. And he's just like, you do you. Yeah. But he's okay, like. coach. But like, it's like. Yeah. He, he's empowering his players, yeah. but it's still like, I mean, like, he's like, everyone knows he's in control. Yeah. Like, and he's. I think he's very. I just think he's very bright. He's very smart. I love his energy, especially. I think in a COVID, like in a year like this with COVID, I think it's it's good that you have a high energy coach like that because he's always going to keep he's going to keep everybody on their toes, and and it'd be hard to get watching it. It'd be hard to be lethargic in one of his practices. Sure, you know what I mean. Like and it's something He'd probably call you out. Yeah, he
0: seems like that kind of guy too. Oh, absolutely. Like, you want to be here, but not,
1: but. But he doesn't demean players. Yeah, like he's not gonna like. Did you watch the Browns' hard knocks when they had it a couple years ago?
0: Uh, probably.
1: Uh, like Hugh Jackson was like handle. demeaning to his coaches. I thought
0: he, uh, yeah, and I think that he came that was very factual and stuck with him because the players talked about that. Like they yeah. didn't like that dude at all.
1: Yeah, but like yeah. not even to the pl- like I thought he treated the players fine. But at least on the like on screen, like I obviously I don't see what happens off the screen. But I'm talking like on like in the in hard knocks. Like he was demeaning his coaches, like in coaches' meetings, and he's like, "Oh, I'm in this chair, and what I say, like, and and he like, and this is a guy who in Cleveland was like one in thirty one at this point, so it was like, okay, you can't talk about how you're in this chair and you're the coach and you know better when you've been one in thirty one the last two years, yeah. So it was, uh, but with McVay, I love his energy and he's he's demanding but not demeaning. Um, I, I he comes off very well and Lynn is different but Lynn is also like the ultimate alpha male like he's a big guy yeah. like you saw him when he was with his tight end the one, when he was getting cut the tight end was getting cut what it was the th- first episode
0: yeah no I'm sure I did when, yeah, yeah yeah I know I did yeah
1: so he's in a room with his tight end and tight ends like big guys he was bigger than the freaking tight end like Anthony Lynn's a big dude and what did he play he was like a running back wasn't he was he? a running yeah. back yeah. isn't that weird but running
0: backs were like they were. You had a lot of big, brute type running backs yeah. back in the day. Yeah, he was not I mean, a. It was, uh, it was like power, power. He, running. he
1: was not a uh, Barry Sanders not a type back. Yeah. He was not a speed back. So, um,
0: what do you think on this Earl Thomas situation?
1: So, from what, so when it first happened, I was like, so the Ravens, they might be my Super Bowl pick. Um, but when it first happened, I was like, man, why would you cut Earl Thomas? One of the best safeties in the league. But then Just for more punching stuff. Punching a dude. Well. I mean, people have punched people at practice before. Yeah. Um, But then I started hearing, oh, last year he would show up late to meetings, or sometimes he would no-show, or he missed a team playing, and he would do all these little things. And then it came out that he didn't get – it wasn't he punched a teammate and the organization was like, that's it, you're out of here. There was a team vote for the team to get rid of Isn't Earl crazy? Thomas. So it's like, man, and Talk he's them. a great player. Yeah. So to I'm vote a watching. great player off a team that's a Super Bowl contender – I think there's more to, and then remember that like weird orgy story that happened with him in the off season. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like I just I think I you said toxic. He might be. Yeah. He might well, be. Well, he just seems
0: very arrogant, man. He seems very arrogant and he's and very a selfish. great player though. He's a great player in the field, but I just feel like he makes it about himself. Remember when he got hurt
1: and he, uh, flipped, off he the, flipped off Pete Carroll? Yeah.
0: I mean, come on, man. Like that guy wouldn't you say okay? A player's got to make the play, And when right? he when he
1: flipped off Pete Carroll, he was mad because he wanted a new contract. Right. When the Seahawks gave him the contract he was under at that time, he was the highest paid, uh, not uh safety, highest paid secondary guy, defensive back in the league. Hmm. And he was like, and he wanted a new contract. He you know, had a year left, and he's you know thirty years old, and you don't really give new con, new long term deals to guys over thirty unless they're quarterbacks. Um. So, but yeah, he's just. Man, there's – I think there's more to this story than we even know right now.
0: Ian Rappaport's reporting that Houston and San Francisco might be considering signing him.
1: I think – so I think for San Francisco it would make sense because their locker room is so strong. Strong defense mentality. Yeah. And I I think Kyle – like, Kyle Shanahan's the boss of that organization. It's like, man, what – and Kyle Shanahan's not a my way or the highway type of guy – But everyone in that locker room knows it is his way or the highway. Yeah. I
0: I, I wouldn't want him to come into Houston just because you've had that happen before with this kind of high protege-type player, especially defense, and it just – it just seems like they they it just never works out, man. I don't know what it
1: is. Why do Houston just... is a locker room kind of in flow Now you do have Deshaun and JJ who are two great leaders. Yeah. So maybe the dominant personalities. No one's maybe gonna be- maybe that could work because you also I think Houston doesn't really need safe need safeties. And that's what so I was. So if he thinking. so if he gets out, and I think San Francisco the same way, where it's like he okay, if we don't need you, but you're a really good player, so we'll bring you in. But you get out of line, fine, we cut you. Because he's if
0: he's being cut. He's being waived, right? Uh, yeah, he's being
1: cut. I don't know what the guarantees. That's what I'm Dior. wondering about.
0: Yeah, contract, and you got to come in and sign a new thing. Is it like you, the the old team's paying
1: out your deal, and so so he, so, he, so if they cut, so if they cut him, if he had, let's say he had five million in guarantees, left. I don't know out, what right? he had. Yeah, they would have to pay it out. But in the other
0: team that signs him, I'm wondering if they get that whole compensatory pick. You know, like you get all that that
1: stuff. Uh, no, so involved. if you, so, the compensatory pick, it only, uh, it's only if you sign a guy in free agency. Okay. Yeah. So, so if, him if out you right, cut a player, it's he's no, free to go as long as yeah. you buy him out.
0: Yeah. So he could come in on a veterans minimum, almost a prove yourself deal. You know, you're, you're, so I would, a I to would not mind him. Like a I round. would not
1: mind giving him like a $10 million one year deal, but like incentive laden. In. Yeah. Like,
0: like lead. Yeah. Play. Don't bitch. Yeah. You know, do your job and uh, prove yourself to not be this label that you're earning. Yeah. And, but he might be too arrogant for that. And I kind of think he is. I th- yeah, I think. But when, I don't know, when, know
1: him. When you've been so good for as long as he's yeah. been. Because I remember him at, at Texas. And yeah. He, he was, was the best safety he in college. Knew he was going to the NFL. Like, he was so good. Like day one. Like his freshman year of college, he was the best safety in America. Yeah. Like he's been. He well, that's is, whenever
0: Texas was like. That what, was. DBU? His, his
1: freshman year was the year they should have won. Was the year they got robbed of a national championship God, by the BCS so many rankings. Good guys the, that's like when Texas had Brian Arakpo and Colt McCoy and. I think it was Aaron the first Ross year there? after was
0: Aaron Ross already gone? No, Ross, Ross was, was so gone.
1: Um, they or, they
0: had so many guys come through there and in the, in, on defense that were so strong. That man. the team
1: that won the title against USC, like that whole starting secondary and like a couple of the backups ended up being like first and second round picks in the NFL.
0: And now they haven't had a first or second round pick in <laughs>
1: some time. I think Texas that's gonna be. I think it's gonna be the Longhorns' best team this year since uh, Colt McCoy. We'll see. I, I think it's gonna be, but with Earl Thomas, as back, going back to Earl Thomas, yeah. I think um, I wouldn't mind him. Mean, I think for him, San Francisco would be the best fit because I think Get back he, on the West Coast. Well, then not only that, they run a scheme similar to what Seattle ran, uh, like to what Seattle ran when he was there. So I think he would be able to. I think I don't know what Houston's doing defensively, um, but I know San Francisco does it similarly, similarly to what Seattle used to do. So he'd be able to come in and play right away. Like, I don't think there would be much of a learning curve as far as the playbook goes. Mm. I think he'd just be able to go in and just play. Uh, but with Houston, I don't know what they're doing defensively. So Because he's a, like a center field. Like, he is not a thumper. Like, he is covering the middle of the field. So kind of Like an Ed Reed? Yeah, yeah, exactly like an Ed Reed. Well,
0: last time Houston signed a... High-profile, uh, but
1: Ed Reed was like not—he <laughs> was at the end of his career. He was—he was, he was already not a good player. Like yeah, Earl Thomas is still move. a really good
0: player. Ter- that was a terrible move. So, and then Jadavion Clowney—he's still out there. He is still out there, and that's interesting because he's not past his prime. Um, well, it's because he wants
1: a lot more money than he's worth. Yeah, but most guys do. I feel like. You no, know, but he's not willing to budge. Well, and like he wants Khalil Mack money. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, and that's because he was drafted before Khalil Mack. But, but he's not as good as but, Khalil Mack. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of a problem in someone's own head, right? So he's he's going to be 28. Um, well, next year he'll be 28. So he's 27 years old right now. He's He's kind of at the peak. Like he's not going to get probably any better.
1: Man, if I were a really good team, I'd be trying to sign him on a one-year deal. He's probably going to be a Patriot.
0: He's probably going to end up a Patriot.
1: The and Patriots have zero cap space. Yeah, they have zero. Like they, the Patriots can't sign him. Not this year. But it wouldn't surprise me, man, because that's the kind of
0: things that Bill Belichick does. Yeah, but they have no cap There's space this bullshit.
1: year. I, I really think the Patriots are rebuilding this year. I don't think yeah. the Patriots are going to be good. I mean, they have no receivers. Who is Cam going to throw the ball to? <laughs> I mean, Julian Edelman was actually not good last year. Like yeah. I know, like his reputation he's is older. he's good. He, was, he led the NFL in drops last year. He was not good. I think their starting tight end is Matthew Lacoste. Legitimate question. Do you know what? who Matthew Lacoste is? <laughs> they make nice shirts. <laughs> exactly. That's like a, nobody knows. Um, okay, so last thing on the NFL, before we get off, uh, get out of your ears and you go about your day, um, we're going to do a fantasy football league here at Ride On hey. Sports. I love fantasy football season.
0: Yeah, and we just need to get the the guts down. And Yeah, we're going to
1: put information out on our social media pages on Facebook and on Instagram at rideon underscore sports Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we're going to do a fancy football league Um, Details to be worked out. Do we want to do a buy-in or do we want to do it for fun? Do we want to have money involved?
0: I always like having money involved, but I think like maybe our initial and to seeing how uh, many people we might get in It might just be good to do it free do it casually
1: do it casually
0: yeah, just so like maybe we get a little more participation. Just do kind of a base lead. Yeah,
1: man. Well, so we'll put points. up, uh, we'll put up like a link or something this week. Or uh, like we'll put up like an invite this week on social media. Yeah. and w- how will we ask the people what they think? We can do something like that. I don't know, but we, but we should give something away. That's what it should be.
0: And so so instead of monetarily, let's find something that we can. Oh, give Oh, for like the winner. Yeah.
1: What if I win?
0: When you you then it's I don't know, that's not legitimate. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you don't think I can wow We we'll just
0: we'll just, just have to give it away in a second or third. Wow. Place. I think that uh it just depends on the competition.
1: Dependent. so yeah, if you want to beat me in fantasy football, good luck with that. Um you can join our on Sports Fantasy League. We will be putting the details up for that on we haven't really figured it out but beyond we're doing fantasy football but <laughs> yeah the season's starting in fi- 16 days from right now we'll get it figured out really quick and we will up. uh what is today tuesday today's tuesday so probably
0: like let's let's give us uh, ourselves a deadline of thursday
1: thursday okay yeah we'll let the podcast sit for a day and then we'll uh yeah we'll put it up so whenever you listen to this you're gonna go oh man i'm gonna go check that out
0: and then when you go check it out and it's not there. What if just I just put it up Thursday. as soon
1: as I post the podcast? That's a good idea too. And then yeah, we'll flip a coin. We'll work it out. We'll do something.
0: And then uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I think so. It'll. Uh, I love fantasy football season. I do too. I and really, then, really
0: uh, do. Maybe next week we can do,
1: uh, we've down f- our draft yeah. or whatever we end up doing. What's your so? What's your max on fantasy football teams you can have?
0: Well, I used to be really into it until I became a busier person. But uh, I used to, dude, I used to run, baseball was always my big one. Okay. But I'd run like four or five baseball teams. And oh, then, wow. Uh, yeah, football, I've probably done like the most, maybe three or four.
1: Three is my max. Yeah,
0: because you get, I mean, it gets, you get lost in your own head. And you start thinking, God, why don't I don't have Christian McCaffrey on that one team? And instead last, I have, uh, So last know.
1: year I had Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Still, I choked in the playoffs, so. It's
0: hard with running backs.
1: Uh, so no, it wasn't with that. So I had the two best running backs, but yeah. I, so the decision I would have won a championship. You know what decision doomed me? Hmm. First week. So the way our league did it, I was in last year. So it's one week playoffs, and it was between Sterling Shepard or Debo Samuel as my flex because one of my receivers has gotten hurt, but both those guys have been pretty good. And I, and this was the week after the 49 ers Saints game, and I remember because I was betting against the 49ers that week and I thought the 49ers would have a down week and it didn't like make the connection in my head oh they're going to have a down week bench Debo Samuel for Sterling Shepard I played Debo Samuel he had 2 points Sterling Shepard had 21 mm-hmm. I believe that I lost my I lost my 6 yeah it'll burn you up inside so yeah. I'm st- it's still eating <laughs> away at me if you can't tell um still eating away at me wow should have won the championship my team name was the white bronco <laughs> uh named after named after OJ that's been my team name for a while now maybe I'll change it up this year yeah i always I,
0: I i don't know man i guess i take guesses with team names it's hard to come up with good team names but uh we should mention too that we're in a new studio i think it's worth mentioning we are in a new
1: studio and it's very uh it's it's different it it's is different. Well, we're not done. It's good. We're not done with the new studio yet, though. Well,
0: and I think by the time we are done, though, this is gonna be a party place too, man. Because there's yeah. like extra, extra offices. Uh, we have a lobby.
1: Who knows what trouble we can get into yeah. here?
0: Then you can you can come and have a couple of beers. And no beer today. Anthony
1: Lynn will serve I thought, up barbecue. I thought we were going to – so I initially thought we were going to do this show in the evening. So I was like, oh, sweet. I'll bring <laughs> beer. Uh, but then it was like, oh, 11 o'clock. I was like, uh, too early for beer. <laughs> yeah, <like>, AM. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah, we'll figure it out, man. But, um, yeah,
1: it's a good space that we're in. Oh, before we get off the air, before we get off the air, you watched the UFC pay-per-view with me a couple weekends ago. Which, oh, yeah. uh, what, what, what'd you What did you think of the UFC? Are you getting uh, –
0: I don't remember yesterday, man. Um no, was, uh, no that was. That was a uh, that was a good fight. Um yeah, overall it was it was. It was a good fight. It was fun. Uh I'd just like to see more Fight Island though, you know, instead of Vegas or something. But I want Fight Island to be like I'm I'm serious. It needs to be like a Survivor series, you know, you gotta have uh, some jungle involved.
1: There's a lot of people with you on that.
0: Just make it Really interesting. Because otherwise you could be, like you said, that was in a, a gym, right? That was in yeah. like there. So you could do that anywhere. And if you want to just add to a little bit more. I mean, I know it's about the fight. But between fights, there's a lot of time. And there's just there's so much more activities that could be done. And it would be, be even more fun, man. Yeah. That's it's how I look at it.
1: The I'm fight lo- overall was good. So I'm looking forward to the next UFC bait review, UFC 253. That's September 26, I believe. Mm-hmm. Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya for the – uh for the middleweight title, that is, that is a fight I'm most excited about for this. Right. That that's the fight I've been waiting for since basically the start of the year. They were supposed to fight back in March, but Paulo Costa injured his bicep and had to get surgery on it. Oh wow! And he still tried to fight Adesanya anyway, but he couldn't get cleared by a legitimate doctor. Apparently, as a friend who's like kind of a doctor, a legitimate who, doctor. He wow. so so he tried to get cleared by a doctor in air quotes, uh, oh. and Dana White wouldn't uh, wouldn't buy it. So, he, they, we're waiting until now. But now it's coming up. Paulo Costa has already threatened to kill Israel Adesanya. So, cool. I'm very much looking forward to this fight. Well, that's good. And The thing is, I like both guys. Like yeah. I like both these fighters. So, I don't, I like their beefing, but I don't want either one to kill the other one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it creates more uh, intrigue, for sure. Oh, definitely. It definitely creates intrigue. But I, I'm excited for that fight. I think, and i think the U- the ufc has done a great job just putting on events consistently. Yeah. Um recent like they have a, starting from two weekends ago. They have an event going every weekend till the end of uh September. Wow. So they had they had a little fight night this past weekend, another one coming up this weekend, and then the weekend after that, after that, after that until the end of September. So i'm very i'm excited about these upcoming ufc events, especially that pay-per-view where i guess i'll invite you back to the house and we can do brisket nachos and beer and whatever Pizza. else. Pizza again. Yeah. Beer nuts. I, I have not touched them. <laughs> <since>
0: <laughs> them left. in the trash. Those are actually awful. That was like those are like the worst flavor of beer nuts ever.
1: Yeah, that was my first time I've ever had beer nuts and I I'll throw it away when I get home. They're and still they're those... still there in my kitchen. <laughs> I, I picked those up at specs also. Oh did you? So never again. Never again. <laughs> never again. But anyway that's a that wraps us up here today on the that's on a Sports wrap. podcast. Uh if you like the show, like and subscribe, um, leave a review if you so please. Follow us on social media, right on sports on Facebook, and right on underscore sports on Instagram. You'll then, know it's uh, us because you'll see our beautiful faces.
0: Yeah, and then sponsor us, uh, you local businesses.
1: Yeah. Always looking for sponsors. The too. Corpus Christi Lotteria fo- followed us on Instagram. All right,
0: that's a that's a plus. Maybe that means something. In the something. right direction. And you mentioned them now, so they owe you five bucks. I think that's how it works. It's exactly how it doesn't work. All right. It's been real. See ya.